And welcome back to the podcast, Everything You Never Needed to Know About Movies, Music, and Theater. I am your host, Matt. And not that I didn't enjoy my conversation with Kathy, but right away I wanted to do another um, session of uh, Inside Sherwood Studios, is what I'm calling this new segment, um, where I invite a uh, director, an actor, a pretty much a creative person to come and talk about um, their career so far, talk about what they've been working on, talk about things that are coming up if they're willing to discuss new things and, um, you know, and, you know, just have a nice conversation and just kind of uh, see where they've been, where they're going and everything in between. Um, so last time I had a great guest of Kathy uh, Bedard this time, um, is just as amazing. I have uh, a recurring guest who I've been very fascinated with a lot of her work and a lot of stuff that she's done. Um, and she's going to talk to you all about it. So. Please welcome to Inside Sherwood Studios. decided I wanted to introduce her like James Lipton used to introduce people. So my guest today is an actor, singer, uh, a journalist, a writer, a all-around photographer, uh, no, a photographer and all-around great person. Um, my friend who um, is in the rep company with Still Small Theater and has done plenty of amazing work and has a website which she'll talk about. Um, I, I am pleased to introduce uh, Jacqueline Tetro. Did I say that right? Yes, you got it. I'm <laughs> it so proud of you. <laughs> it only took forever. Uh, Jacqueline, <laughs> welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. So uh, unlike last time, we're going to jump right into everything. So this is the second one of these uh, interviews that I've done, and I'm really excited about it because um, this is going to be awesome. So um, and as all things are, the best place to start is the beginning. Uh, Jackie, where were you born? Salem Hospital, uh, Salem, Massachusetts. And where did you uh, grow up? Did you grow up in Salem or did you grow up in Beverly? No, I grew up in Beverly, but both my parents' families were from Salem and we went there pretty often. Uh, my family had a purely business there, um, but uh, I always lived in Beverly, um, even though we moved a couple times between the different neighborhoods. Um, I lived there until just a year ago when I moved to Boston to be closer to work. Very cool. And so what was child like um, for you, you know? Um, childhood? Yeah, what was childhood like in, in Beverly? I mean, I grew up in Beverly too, so I'm always interested in other people's um, recollection of Beverly things. Hmm. I mean, I've thought about writing my memoirs about like the different stages of my life. Um, depends a little bit on my neighborhood at the time. Um, uh, I mean, Beverly is a great place. It has great like community activities, um, uh, great high school. Um, I, I went to Beverly High School. Um, they had a thriving performing arts department um, during my time there. Uh, and I had good friends um, at, at least at that point in my life. Uh, elementary school was a much 
more difficult stage of my life. Um, uh, no, my parents have commented on like how great the early schools are overall because um, I have younger siblings and so they've been in the school system a long time. <laughs> yeah. Did you, uh, for elementary school, did you, 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 you were in um, public school, you, did you, you didn't go to private school or anything? Correct. Okay, yeah. I went to private school in Beverly, so I have the other side of it uh -huh. and stayed in private school pretty much through my entire um, life. Although my school did do things with Beverly High on a great deal. Granted, I'm much older than you, so um, it was a little different. So um, as a child, what were you interested in um, growing up? Like, what were kind of your hobbies? What were your fascinations? What interested you when you were a child? Really depends on what age, uh, like a child makes me think like 10 and under uh, and like 11 up was kind of when I started to be more like serious and like uh, really developing my personality and interest. Um, so I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like as a kid, I'm just like, I was just trying everything out and figure out what I liked and didn't like. And it took a, until like my preteen years to actually figure that out. Yeah. And, it, and, and that happens with a lot of people too. So it's, yeah, it's not uncommon. Um, so Jackie, what was the very first piece of theater that you, you saw either, uh, you know, a community mm -hmm. theater production or um, in Boston or, you know, I'm not sure. But thinking back, it was probably something at the North Shore Music Theater. Okay. Um, that's one of Beverly's hidden gems. Yes. Uh, <laughs> they are a fantastic uh, theater. It, they have a stage in the round. Um, mm -hmm. So it's, it, that makes for some really interesting staging of their productions. I've lost count of how many shows I've seen there over the years. But I think as a kid, I have been told I vaguely remember seeing Peter Pan there, uh, possibly some like other shows. I think sometimes they did like fairy tales for children. So like a smaller production, that kind yeah. of. Yeah, during the summer they did, they did a lot of um, like smaller shows, mostly for kids and they discounted their mm -hmm. prices. And then during their normal season, they had like, you know, the Hello Dollies and the yes. Jekyll and Hyde's come through. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. And so, at which point did you actually start either thinking you wanted to act and perform or when did you actually actually like start? Because a lot of people I know, they didn't really think of it. It just kind of sort of happened. And I'm not sure if that was the same kind of, kind of with you. Well, I'm just realizing now that I guess you probably haven't heard my full story. Of, um, no. Uh, I, I, I've told it to many people. That's why I've asked you. <laughs> I kind of assume. Okay, so I actually... Uh, didn't get into acting until toward the end of college. Okay. Um, so, okay. As a kid, I definitely tried um, like a couple like summer acting camps, things like that, but they were incredibly lame. I learned nothing about the process. Um, just they, we didn't have a good instructor. Um, I think I did two summers with the same woman and they were just terrible productions because we didn't like learn any actual skills or uh, anything useful. Um, and then like in middle school, I remember hearing about like these um, theater companies 
uh, putting on shows, but you had to pay to be in them. Mm. And like, I wasn't gonna ask my parents like to pay a couple hundred dollars for me to be in a show. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I didn't get to do that. Um, in high school, I tried out occasionally for, uh, we always had a play and a musical, one, mm -hmm. one each, uh, each year. Um, I tried out for the plays once or twice, didn't get in just because they had a limited size cast and they just, they cast the people who had talent and experience. Um, and the musicals I was able to be in because no one got cut and they were always like productions with really big choruses. Um, it would be like uh, uh, just one of a crowd in Thoroughly Modern Millie and one of the Jet Girls in uh, uh, West Side Story. <laughs> Not like a solo or anything fun like that. <laughs> um, but uh, so um, in college, uh, I went to Gordon College in Wenham, which is right near Beverly. Um, so I commuted uh, during my time there. Um, I actually found out about Gordon because of their performing arts department. Um, uh, when I was a teenager, my mom hired a babysitter and mother's helper who went to Gordon and she was involved with the plays there. She helped make costumes and she got, she occasionally performed. So we actually went to the campus. The first time I remember going there was to see uh, a couple of her shows. And so uh, that's how it got on my radar. Then I ended up going there. Mm. And I definitely tried out for something, but didn't get in. And then I saw their shows and realized this is just way beyond my skill level. Like I'm, I'm a newbie, I want to learn like how to act and actually be in a show, but I, I can't compete with what I'm seeing. Uh, and I, I love being a audience member. I love, um, and by that time I had figured out that I, I love writing and I love stories. So I figured, mm. yeah, I won't be on stage, but I can write plays. Um, so that's what I kind of contented myself with. Um, but then, uh, I end up in a playwriting class with our dear friend, Amelia Smith. Mm -hmm. um, that was when she and, I, she and I had crossed paths once or twice before. I had seen her in a show. Um, but that was when we really started to uh, get to know each other. And I found out that she was involved with this group, Still Small Theater. Well, I found out about that when I went to see her in The Diary of Perpetua, when mm -hmm. it premiered in 2015. Um, so after that, uh, she and I actually started exchanging some of our work outside of class to like peer edit each other. And then she invited me to audition for Godspell when she was about to uh, direct that over the summer. And initially I was inclined to say no, because as I said, I had no experience mm -hmm. um, kind of given up on myself uh, ever having a chance to act or to perform in any way besides singing. Um, mm. Like I have, I have experience as a singer. Um, that's something that I've always been fairly good at. But uh, I explained like, I just don't have the, the training or anything. <laughs> so, but she, she was very like gently encouraging and just mm. that she, she knew me as a person and 
uh, knew that like I'm hardworking and creative. And uh, so I decided to give it a shot. I tried out and uh, she cast me. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> thinking back, I'm not sure how many people actually auditioned. So I don't know if it was a matter of <laughs> the right number. Or, no, I, I'm sure she, she saw something in me. <laughs> um, anyway, so I was in Godspell and it was one of the best experiences of my entire life. Um, and she and Jasmine are just, uh, they're, they're incredibly professional, but also like uh, just personable and they will work with people of any skill level. And so uh, it was okay that I didn't um, like know how to memorize lines or like uh, in, like it was a it was a definitely a learning process and the rehearsal process was just so fun with them. Yeah. Plus, God's a very fun show and, and there was a lot of room for interpretation and uh, improvisation. I think probably uh, what was great about Godspell was that I was. Part of the chorus and we were each like kind of playing ourselves like mm -hmm. for the actors playing Jesus and Judas mm -hmm. um, we got to develop our own characters um, so it was sort of like just being myself but on stage mm -hmm. um, I could react I could act like similar to how I would actually um, like as myself uh, so like it was kind of a way of like easing into just the the world of theater and the process of uh, putting a show together. That's the thing, like we didn't have like the names in the script. Okay. We, uh, like we divided up the script and the skits. Okay. I mean, I mean, I divided them, yes. but we didn't have like a set of lines or like something like that. Um, it, I mean, yeah, so like, I played myself. Uh, yeah. My <laughs> character's name was Jacqueline. <laughs> um, although I, I sang Anna Maria present song um, day by day mm. uh, was my solo, which was uh, it's a sweet song, but I had a little trouble with it because just it's a strange um, kind of pitch for mm. me. Uh, like it's not quite low and not quite high. <laughs> mm. <laughs> a little bit of trouble with it, but um, I loved, I learned, I fell in love with the show and uh, I knew I definitely wanted to be involved with this troupe. Uh, still here more, but I still had a year of college, and I actually was about to go away for a semester in Los Angeles because uh, there was this um, program for communication students who wanted to learn about film. Uh, so I was in LA for a few months, then came back for the spring semester, and then graduated. And then I tried out for the uh, the Diary of Perpetua and okay. How I Met Our Father, and I. Involved with still small ever since. <laughs> so, and I, um, the audience knows, and I think we should probably say so. Um, I've been in, uh, involved in still small for I think about a year, maybe a half, year and a half. Uh, uh, you're years. going on two years now. Two years now. I'll be on two years now. January. Not, not actually doing anything for a year, but, <laughs> but I mean. praying, pray, praying for the for the group. Um, yes. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, and obviously I feel I felt the same way when I came around to Still Small as well. Um, well uh, the other thing I want to talk about before we get into the detail of what you did after college is um, obviously I see that you are also a singer and that you know 
yourself above range. So when did you actually start singing and when did you kind of like fall in love with singing? Because I, I know you well enough to know that you love, you know, singing some songs here and, here and there. So according to my mother, I could sing before I could talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, okay, my like first like movies that I, and like TV shows I watched were um, like Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. I would say hi ho, hi ho, like, but not really be able to like say the words. And um, you know that show Barney? Oh like, yeah, oh yeah. I'm I'm old enough like, to know Barney. <laughs> I love you, you love me. I would be. It'd be like I love you, like, like I I could get the notes, I suppose, but um, I couldn't articulate the actual words. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, what I have been told by different uh, teachers in different contexts is that I have a good ear. Um, I can match pitch very well. Um, I can match notes. Uh, so if I just know how a song sounds, then I can sing it pretty well. Um, sight reading is a challenge though. I figured that yeah. out. For, uh, concert choir in high school. I was like, oh, this is hard if I don't actually know how it sounds. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so um, in elementary school, when I was in fourth grade, um, my teacher, uh, we had a wonderful music teacher, uh, Kathleen Gross. Um, she's retired since then, but um, she invited me and some of my classmates to audition for a singing group that she had outside of school called the Star Singers. Um, and that was, a, it was divided into two age groups. I think there was um, Star Singers were like high school, or maybe like middle school and high school in the uh, company younger singers um and uh so it was like through fourth grade through 12th grade I was involved with that group um mm -hmm. and that was wonderful uh that exposed me to a lot of uh choral music um we always had a hol winter holiday concert and a spring concert yeah yeah um yeah because I, I I did see that I obviously see that you are in the uh Beverly High School uh uh chorus as well mm -hmm. Um, and the one I really wanted to talk about, so obviously we mentioned before that you went to Gordon College, uh, mm -hmm. literally down the street from my house. Um, I lived right on oh, the, really? I, my, my parents lived on, right on the line between Beverly and Wenham. And I, when oh, I, when I probably I, passed by their house every day going to and from school. You did. You did. <laughs> <laughs> if you're, if you're coming from where I know you around the area, you were coming from, from downtown Beverly, you had to go down Hull Street. And, yes. and you, you passed my parents' house. Um, and I used to run all over the place um, when I was mm -hmm. younger um, in, in Gordon College. And which is funny enough, because obviously I know now you, uh, Jasmine, uh, Amelia, you all went to Gordon College. I didn't know, any, the only person I knew mm -hmm. was uh, my old friend, uh, Natalie, who went to Gordon College. And I actually went on campus a couple of times and helped her with a couple of uh, film projects that she was doing because she was like you're the only one I know who knows how to edit stuff can you help me um <laughs> but anyway um but I wanted to so going back to Gordon College um you know you obviously went for Gordon College um I, I wanted to talk about two things first I want to talk about what you actually so did you actually what your actually um actual major was in Gordon College and then I want to know anything you can remember about God's Chosen Gospel Choir um, at Gordon College. <laughs> uh, 
So I entered as an English major. Um, I ended up adding communications uh, as a second major and I did a concentration in creative writing. Okay. Um, the reason I added communications was because screenwriting came under that department and I wanted right. to talk about that medium as well as writing like uh, fiction and poetry and uh, other forms of literature. Mm -hmm. um, so as a freshman, uh, I was looking to get involved with like activities. I was hoping to find something music related because I was no longer in the Star Singers. Mm -hmm. um, the group had actually uh, like had its final uh, concert right during my senior year. Um, so like the group actually uh, isn't running anymore. Oh, okay. Um, uh, a class of mine mentioned the gospel choir and I had seen them, uh, they did, they didn't like to call it performance, but they, they sang for us um, at uh, Accepted Students Day. Um, okay. so I had seen them sing and it seemed a very, uh, it was a kind of music that I wasn't familiar with. Um, <laughs> I grew up Catholic, but uh, my, so I wasn't uh, really familiar with um, uh, gospel music or like uh, evangelical Protestant worship music. So um, uh, that may have been part of my attraction to Gordon was the fact that it was Christian, but it was different uh, than I was used to. Um, it, I liked that it seemed diverse and people were open about their faith. So, um, yeah, I think I had been at Gordon, I, I was maybe a few weeks into my freshman year and I found out where and when the God's Chosen Gospel Choir uh, and I started going and uh, had a fun time there. That's such a great <laughs> title for their choir, God's Chosen God's <laughs> Choir. I kind of like that. Um, um yeah and i um yeah i i can obviously attest that there because i um once or twice when i was on campus i heard them practicing or rehearsing mm -hmm. and they were they were dang good and again you have to remember i'm a couple years older than you so i probably heard it well before you got into it um all right so um can i share a quick um really funny please go ahead please just concerning gordon college so i knew that i first uh, visited the campus to see uh, an acquaintance who was in the shows. Um, I did not notice at the time, but I saw Jasmine in The Winter's Tale. Okay. Uh, she played Camillo. And uh. obviously at that point, I didn't know who she was, um, but I noticed, oh, Camillo was played by a woman, but she plays a man really well. Um, and so that, uh, that left an impression on me. <laughs> it wasn't until I known Jasmine for like a year or two already, um, probably after my experience in uh, Godspell, I happened to be in the, uh, the building with all the arts classrooms, um, and they have collages of their old playbills for their previous mm -hmm. years, like hanging in the hallway. I passed by the one for Winter's Tale, and I noticed for the first time uh, it was listed, <laughs> Jasmine Myers. <laughs> Whoa, mind blown. I love the fact that like, I, we ran into each other or I, without actually meeting and then ended up meeting later on. 
that does happen a lot. I have a couple stories about that kind of thing too, that you cross paths and then you like, Oh, I know you kind of, or I've seen it. So, um, yeah. And and you and I share a good thing of the fact that, um, Godspell was kind of the first show for you. It was kind of your, uh, from what you were saying, it sounds like it was your beginning into theater in terms of acting and all that. For me, it was when I finally found the love for theater and acting, on my own um and our paths almost crossed before we met and um i don't it it wasn't as close as i'm I'm making it sound but um i was i had a call back for a little show for still small theater called running Mm -hmm. and i ended up uh backing out on it because i was actually about to direct my first real theatrical production Godspell. So it was kind of crazy. So anything you can remember or talk about in terms of um, running, because that that was a great show. I really enjoyed because I did see that. Okay. Um, Well, then you will remember that I didn't have a big role in that. Yeah, but but, uh, knowing what I know about Still Small, um, I can only imagine that, you know, there's no small parts, only small actors. (laughs) Well, so it was a staged reading um, and that kind of changed the dynamic as far as like, there wasn't as much locking, not as much like physical mm-hmm. interaction, uh, the way there had been with Godspell because Godspell is like a very, um, kind of hands-on mm-hmm. as an actor, you're, uh, play acting so many different skits and there's a lot of like fooling around in that, um, with running was kind of a different tone and kind of a different show, um, I don't think I can get too much into like the details of like what it's about, but um, uh, yeah, so it was, I mean, every still small experience is a good experience, but uh, personally, it's not my favorite just because like I, I wasn't as like involved with um, yeah. the story, the characters, although the music was fantastic. Um, yeah. So Jeff, uh, Jasmine Myers wrote the script and composed the music and I was just blown away by her talent um and uh yeah so I'm definitely glad I was in it and that was when I met another friend of ours um Julia uh the first show that she was in um uh I think that was also when I first met um Kenny and got to work with him uh Amelia's now husband I think Mm -hmm. they were engaged at the time and you mentioned it before and i think we we definitely really need to talk about it and there's um mm-hmm. definitely a, a reason why um it's important that the two of us talk about it especially with each other um and the fact that you started in one role and you recently about a year ago transitioned into a different role and that it's or, the main role so. yeah i was gonna say so um you know transition i'm talking about the diary of perpetua of course mm-hmm. uh, which has come up on the show before i have mentioned it before and and mm-hmm. one of these days i want to maybe do a whole show about diary of perpetua and then have, mm-hmm. have jasmine come back in but so um so what was that experience like first playing it as felicitas a pregnant mm-hmm. woman who's in jail and then mm-hmm. eventually playing it as a, a perpetua who's a mother standing you know Mm-hmm. forfeiting her rights at the time and not being able to see her son, son only with a couple occasional things mm-hmm. here and there. So what was your experience on 
the first role and then transitioning into the into the main main role because you're playing the title character. <laughs> sure. So, um, yeah, I trained first for Felicitas and all the characters that she doubles as. Um, the main ones are Denocrates, who is Perpetua's uh, deceased brother that she dreams about, and um, her son when he is a little bit older. Um, I have a wonderful memory of the first time I put on the costume piece for Felicitas. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I was training with another new actor, uh, another person who was new to the rep cast, and so Jasmine did some like uh, private sessions with us. Um, she gave me the apron for Felicitas, and the apron has these metal hoops in it to create the mm -hmm. because she is uh, eight months pregnant in the show. And uh, I put it on and uh, turn, turned around, and Jasmine looked at me and exclaimed, you look so cute, pregnant. <laughs> I'm like, thanks? That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, that role was interesting because, uh, uh, so for, for context, I've never been pregnant. Um, I am not married. Uh, and um, so Jasmine, who has also never been pregnant, she had to teach me how to uh, walk and sit and move as though I were eight months pregnant. Um, so that, uh, <laughs> you're shaking your head, Matt. You probably <laughs> imagine, but so like, um, I think she may have had me practice with a backpack um, and I just had to like imagine like the being weighed down and um, not being able to walk the same way uh, mm -hmm. and um, not being able to sit the same way. And so like even just like Felicitas spends a lot of time sitting on the floor um, when she's not like part of the conversation because uh, all the actors are visible the whole time. We're always in the circle um, in our mm -hmm. rep staging um so like i had and like uh <laughs> i'm pretending to have like the discomfort that a pregnant woman would have <laughs> like i'm um, just being like tired having swollen ankles and um just trying to make myself and my baby comfortable <laughs> um and denocrates was also challenging because um that's a role that has no speaking but a lot of movement mm. um, and Jasmine helped me a lot with that, with um, figuring out how to move first as a very sick child. Um, and like, I'm supposed to like crawl around on the floor. I'm trying to get to this place. Um, and she actually uh, like uh, helped me by like, um, like holding my uh, feet down. So like actually playing like an actual like, for me to carry, um, or like uh, making, like imagining that like I just had like something pressing down on me. And then later on, he's all better, uh, and I had to act like a like an energetic seven-year-old boy, um, yeah. uh, just playing around. Um, and I have I have a little brother, so I was able to draw a bit of inspiration from that. Um, so yeah, uh, that's kind of uh, what I remember most about Felicitas. So I played that set of roles, I think it was for at least a year, maybe two years. Then 
Um, Jasmine asked if like any of us wanted to train for new roles because she was about to train the new actors. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, she, um, so she asked, and I decided to take a chance because I had kind of harbored secretly this dream of playing Perpetua, who has cool. a lead role and she has the best songs, mm. at least like the best solos. Plus, cool. Toss has some good solos too. Um, she is a she's a soprano, and so like I was like in, uh, singing like really high uh, solo bits, which was fun. Mm -hmm. But um, just Perpetua is so passionate and. Uh, has such a wonderful personality and, and arc over the course of the show. So I kind of wanted to challenge myself and try that. Um, Jasmine said, yeah, okay, but um, you might want to uh, like see a voice teacher or like something just to work on like building like your strength as a singer because uh, that's one thing that she said <laughs> she's not qualified to teach which I find a little hard to believe because Jasmine is so knowledgeable about so many yeah. areas, including like the human body and music theory. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, so yeah, I um, I took some voice lessons with my parish music director, um, who's a wonderful uh, singer and pianist. And uh, then, yeah, I did the like intensive training with Jasmine, which obviously is how you and I met. Um, so, and I guess you have only seen me play Perpetua, is that correct? Like you haven't uh, seen? Technically, I've seen Jasmine play it a couple times. Okay. Um, but in terms of performance, yes, I've only seen, yeah. well, I saw Amelia do it on the YouTube, which there is a YouTube video okay, yes. out there of Amelia Smith playing Perpetua and you playing Felicitas and our yes. friend Jasmine Myers playing Asinius and Saturninus. Yes. Um, so I, so, but live, yeah, I didn't, I haven't seen. Yeah. I haven't seen, so I've only seen. I can't, so I, I count myself incredibly lucky because I mm. spent a few years watching Amelia play that role and she yes. just yes. does it so well. Um, she is just an incredibly talented actor and singer. Um, so I, that helped me a lot with both memorizing uh, the lines and the music and with, I think, helping me understand the emotional journey of Perpetua. Mm. I kind I, of had a great advantage when I, when I started, when I inherited the role. Yeah, and, and why I said that it was important I wanted to talk to um, Jackie about that is because the role that I end up playing is of her um, guilt I, I can I say guilt-ridden brother because I really because mm -hmm. I yes, can still have a lot of guilt so when Jackie says that she's the only one I've seen really play Perpetua in my time it's it was up close and personal because it was the first time mm -hmm. I was really performing <laughs> it and I'm there with um <laughs> with Jackie acting her heart out and me being absolutely nervous and scared to not mess it up <laughs> so um way on that um mm -hmm. i want to talk about also so um switching gears for just one second um after you left um college um i know that you eventually um and again you know uh uh jackie was raised catholic i'm raised catholic i'm still catholic now 
um, you end up writing for the Catholic pilots. Mm -hmm. um, was that right after college or, or did it, no. was there a little uh, lull in between? Yeah, um, after college, I looked for a job. Um, at first, all I could find was uh, seasonal work. Um, uh, we haven't talked about uh, my hobby as a photographer. Um, that was but, coming up next, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, so I, the first job that I found after college was for a, um, a company taking pictures of uh, students, so like school photos, you know, the photographers who come in at the start of the year and, um, and at the end of the year for graduation pictures, um, things like that. So um, that's what I spent my fall doing. Then, uh, then I was working at a photography studio at a mall. Um, so okay. Tommy did about portrait photography. Mm -hmm. um, then in the spring, uh, I was at date. I was working at a daycare center for a little bit. Then I finally <laughs> an interview with the pilot, um, which is the newspaper of the Roman Catholic Archdiocese of Boston. Um, that's a fairly sizable area. There are four dioceses that make up Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, I had sent them my resume, just hoping that like someday they might think of, to hire me if they were looking to hire someone. Mm -hmm. And it just so happened their reporter was moving on to a different job. And so they called me up for an interview and uh, I got it. <laughs> they kind mm -hmm. of took a chance with me because I hadn't worked as a reporter had like a tiny bit of experience from like my high school newspaper and literary magazine. Um, but so yeah, I started that almost exactly a year after graduating and uh, it's been two years at that job now and it's been. Wow. Yeah, and this is why I say it's, um, some people cross paths. I was reading some of um, Jackie's things while waiting for masses to start. Um, in the Catholic planet really? before I ever met Jackie. So it was, it was really, funny. yes, I swear to God, I don't remember what they were, but I do remember seeing Len looking back and realizing, oh, I know the name. I know, like, <laughs> well, because then what, so when I was, it was announced that I, well, we'll talk about, I'll talk about when I'm interviewed for one of these, but I was basically offered the parts in Perpetua and how I met our father on the spot, mm -hmm. which never happens. And so I literally like begged Jasmine to send it to me as an email because I wanted it in writing that she had actually mm -hmm. offered me these roles. And <laughs> um, then when she said who else was in the, doing it, I, you know, like I did do all the time, I look up my co-actors just cause I want to be able to have a face to the name when I meet them. And you're, but your name was very, reminded me of something and then I think it was I had I've since unfortunately thrown it out um, or recycled it rather not I don't throw out paper but um, I had the Catholic pilot in my hands and I happened to be looking through it and there was an article <laughs> from you so I've read your stuff well before I ever met you which was really really funny um, well <laughs> you know that Amelia and I had a situation like that before we no. had, um so I I have written fan fiction online uh, since I was in high school. Mm -hmm. um, and she actually read and reviewed some of my stories on my fan fiction account 
while we were both still in high school. Um, and wow. we didn't see each other until towards the end of college. Um, and then like we, she realized who I was when she saw my email and was like, oh, I know that name, that username. Um, <laughs> well, and, and, you, and you mentioned it and I'd love to know anything about it of, um, that you do do fan fiction. Um, <laughs> I know you do a lot of Star Wars. Is it mostly Star Wars or is it other material? So that's the thing. It has, I've kind of switched between fandoms over the years because like it's usually as new content is coming out that inspires me for a certain uh, franchise. So for the past few years, it has been mostly Star Wars because I fell in love with the sequel trilogy and that mm -hmm. the wider world of Star Wars itself. Um, before that, uh, the series that actually introduced me to online fandoms and to writing fan fiction for the online community was Avatar The Last Airbender. <laughs> um, uh, it's, I could talk for her about how great that show is. And then, yeah. like, after I caught up with that, they had the sequel series, The Legend of Korra. So, like, I actually watched that as it was coming out. Um, right. that, that was very inspirational. After that, it was Ultron Legendary Defender, Netflix, um, which is similar. It has some of the same writers and animators as the Avatar cartoons. Right. And then after that, it was Star Wars. <laughs> and, like, I've done other, like, smaller stories on the side. Like, um, I did several for Les Miserables when I was in high school because that was when I first discovered that story. Um, I've done one for A Christmas Carol. Uh... I think what else? Different like standalone stories here and there for different uh, books or movies or TV shows. Yeah, and and it's um, that kind of thing is very good. I think for people who want to get into screenwriting and even mm -hmm. a little bit of playwriting to take something that they love um, and adapt it in such a way that they can they can put their own stamp to it. I mean, I've done my own hand of fan fiction. I just haven't <laughs> published it. So good on you for doing that. Um, Thanks. Um, I would say it's more for people who want to write um, prose fiction, like novels or short mm -hmm. stories. Because um, okay. that's, that's usually the, meet, the format that is used. Um, it's not so much writing a script as like writing. Just like, I, I, I like to think that the best fan fiction will make you forget that it's fan fiction because it will feel like just reading a good quality novel. Right, and that makes sense. Um, so I wanna know, and I wanna talk a little bit about, um, I'm not even gonna try to pronounce it, but A-E-G-I-S, which is a literary magazine. I'd Aegis or Aegis. Okay. Aegis. I think those were the two pronunciations used at Beverly High School, okay. which is, correct in like the ancient Greek. Um, so the name comes from mythology. I think it was the shield of Athena mm -hmm. or something like that. Um, I think it had the head of Medusa on it. Um, we sometimes used that as like part of our artwork. So it was the, it still is the literary magazine of Barely High School. Okay. And I think its claim to fame is that it's the longest running student run high school publication in the country. Okay. Um, I think the only time 
the only years that they didn't publish anything, I think, was during World War II, um, okay. because of like paper shortages or something like that. So I was involved with that all four years of high school. Um, like they would have weekly meetings and do like writing exercises and things like that. And then they would also plan the publication of, um, I think, I think when I was a freshman, they may not have had a printed copy, but they published some of the pieces online. So you could, you could submit uh, prose, poetry, or artwork. Mm -hmm. And we would like choose the best pieces. I think we would vote on them, like rank them, uh, maybe edit, uh, and uh, we would print out like a small little booklet. Um, and I was, I think I was a contributor almost every time. And then um, as a junior and senior, I had um, like leadership positions. I think made me treasurer first, which I have no idea why they did that because I'm terrible with numbers. <laughs> <laughs> then, um, then I think I, I, I eventually became the co-editor. Um, they would mm. have like two co-editors leading it. Um, so that was my role as a senior. Yeah, I, it, it was a big thing on, on your website. A lot of stuff that I researched yes. ended up coming from uh, Jackie's website. So that's why <laughs> I, I wanted to bring it up. Um, Going back to still small for a second, I mm -hmm. I think you probably would love to talk about this. I want to talk about the profit project, um, mm -hmm. and um, I've I don't think I've sung its praises enough on the show. <laughs> I don't think I've sung enough praises on uh, uh, Jasmine, our friend uh, Kenny, uh, Amelia, or yourself, um, or even. Our, uh, our other friends, Max, because I know Max was in it, and uh, and uh, I think Eli was in it too. He so, was. Um, yeah. And also, so, um, Akino was the one who had the song of the vineyard. Okay. And that was absolutely gorgeous when he. Yeah. Sang. So what was um, your what was your experience? What was your kind of <laughs> um, with Profit Project? Um, so, I had read the script before. Um, I think. Jasmine had just shared it at some point um, because the, the script was one that they had used in the past before I was involved with the um, So I had a basic idea of the story, even though I wasn't familiar with the profits at all. Um, so going into it, I was like, this is great. I'm going to learn so much about this, this section of the Bible that I just don't know anything about. Um, like it was Sunday school or even my like Bible classes at Gordon, um, we never reached the prophets. It was all focusing on the, the first five books and like the Exodus and uh, like those parts of the Old Testament that you already learn from like children's Bibles. Um, yeah. So I was like really excited. I fully expected to be cast as one of the prophets and I thought that would be fitting because as a writer um, that uh, the idea of being a prophet and um, like speaking out about like problems in society and trying to be like an instrument for God, like that all resonates with me. That's already kind of part of my mindset, my philosophy. Right. Um, to, my, to my astonishment, um, and this was despite me having a wonderful audition, um, I delivered a great monologue um, passage from Isaiah um, and like I was proud of it and Jasmine complimented it later, but to my amazement, she offered me the role of Gomer. 
is the adulterous wife of the prophet Hosea. <laughs> is like looking at the script, I was like, okay, she is so she and God are basically the main characters and they are acting out like the love story of God and his people. Um yeah. and they have a, a chorus of prophets who are trying to reconcile them. Uh -huh. And I was amazed that Jasmine had that much faith in me because like Gomer goes through so much and she does so much. Um, and so much of it is totally the extreme opposite of who I am as a person. Yeah. Um, like I try to be uh, nice and friendly and um, starts out innocent and um, totally in love with God in like the original innocence of creation, the Garden of Eden, but then she is lured away by um, an idol or which basically represents like a false god or sin itself. And right. um, so then she just starts to discover her ability to be bad instead of good. And so Jasmine talked you through kind of that uh, journey of discovery, which kind of like happens right in front of you. Like, well, it unfolds on stage and Gomer doesn't speak for most of the show. Um, so I had to learn how to communicate just with my body um, and to like use my physicality in a way. And um, she, she realizes that she can hurt people and that it's kind of fun and that she can be a tyrant and like lord it over everyone else. Um, but then she also gets hurt in that process because the the gods retaliate against her, the idols, I should say. And um, so like, I had to learn a lot of stage violence because I'm beating up the prophets and hurting them as yeah. they try to stop me. But then I am also on the receiving end of that. Um, and uh, it's an emotionally intense role um, because she goes through so much, um, probably not as intense as God though. Um, mm -hmm friend Max Slar played God or Hosea and like I think that was an even more brutally emotional role mm. um, but uh <laughs> I will say it was fun learning how to play a character who is so different from me because up until that point I had played most of the characters I played were saints literally um like I had played Perpetua, Felicitas, Mary Magdalene, and Mary, the mother of Jesus. So, like, I was used to playing a woman who I could identify with and or would aspire to be like. Mm -hmm. um, like, I could find pieces of myself in each of them, and I could find qualities in them that I wanted to kind of emulate. Mm. Gomer is not someone I would want to emulate. <laughs> um, I had to learn how to be very different from the person I really am. Mm. And uh, I had to kind of get inside the mind of someone who is cruel and who hurts others because she has been hurt. And that was a really interesting experience. Um, kind of a lesson in empathy for me, I think. Um, yeah, because they tell you as um, actors and actresses that you can't judge the character that you're playing. You have to um, kind of come up with your own 
kind of you're right empathy but kind of have some sort of like you under you can understand them regardless of whether or not they're terrible and most people i guess i guess the the rule of thumb is that most people most dumb characters don't realize they're dumb most evil characters don't realize they're evil so you have to find that that balance you know i mean you can obviously have like a, a mustache twirling villain but then you also have to um have some kind of humanity to the person too um i i will say from your performance of gomer i think you're very close to um uh the scottish uh i call it the scottish the, the scottish play i think you're ready for lady scottish play no <laughs> <laughs> i mean wow that's a very high compliment i'll think about that but i don't know <laughs> I mean, it would be interesting. It'd be very interesting. Um, yeah. Mm. So, um, also bringing everything in, I um, I, I want to talk about the day between because I I w I did have a conversation with um, Kenny talking about that show and um, specifically with the whole because um, this was right around the time COVID was about to start and I knew that he was going to film the monologues and we had a long long conversation about how that was going to be um not realizing that <laughs> i took him at his word that he knew a little bit about film but i guess he didn't because i was using words <laughs> like close in and fade out and medium shot and and i think i confused oh. him even more unfortunately um but so what was your um experience because you played peter in um the day between so what was what was what was that like playing him yeah. Again, coming from playing Gomer to now playing literally the head of the person who, upon this rock, my church will be created kind of thing. Um, it was a bit short-lived because COVID cut it short, like our rehearsal process. Um, but while we were still rehearsing in person, um, had to figure out how to be really angry really quickly. Um, because, uh, <laughs> On Holy Saturday, while Jesus is still dead in, in the tomb, Peter is dealing with guilt and shame over his uh, denial of Jesus and uh, just really angry at himself because he feels like he failed his master. Mm -hmm. um, and that was a little bit fun, like trying to work myself up to the point where I could like yell at Kenny or myself, um, and uh, I wish I'd had more time to work with, with that. Um, mm. I just feel like it was my best role, um, probably because I don't have a lot of experience playing a man. Um, mm. And uh, then I ended up having to like film myself. And so like that, uh, I feel like wasn't probably as great as if we had performed it in person. Yeah. yeah. Um. Well, and um, I might end up saying this, but going back just really quickly to um, Profit Project, my our mutual friend, uh, John Bishop, saw it, um, Profit Project, um, and he actually texted me mm -hmm. that night after he left you guys and was like singing, like, you need to see this, you need to see this thing. Mm -hmm. And I unfortunately didn't see it until the live viewing a couple, like a month or two ago um, on, on it, but, but you know, Praise to praise to you that you you figured it out and uh, yeah I know um, 
the COVID thing kind of cut everything short. So I can only imagine that if you had more time, you would have loved to continue on and develop that more. Um, and in turn, so we obviously we talked a little bit about you being a writer, obviously for um, Catholic Pilot and fan fiction. Um, but are you interested at all in talking about any of the projects? We can go back a little bit and um, talk about uh, one other still small show, um, which is funny enough, the show that Amelia was talking to me about before COVID hit, because I know it was going to be revived this past summer. And I think Amelia was interested in me auditioning for something. Um, mm -hmm. That of course is heaven, all heaven broke loose, a play on words. Um, mm -hmm. And I know you mentioned earlier that you played Mary Magdalene. So what, what was that like? What was that experience uh, like playing Mary? That was wonderful. Um, I, so yeah, um, when I auditioned, I don't know what I tapped into exactly, but I just, I was able to like be very emotional because she is, um, I, so All Heaven Broke Loose was written by Jasmine and she portrays Mary Magdalene as a pretty emotionally driven character. Um, Whereas I tend to be a bit more like even-minded, intellectual, at least in the most. Um, if I get stressed, that's another story. But uh, like, um, but Mary Magdalene is also very um, loyal and faithful. Um, so that's like that was like a kernel that I could kind of identify with and just try to bring out more of in myself. So yeah, for that role, um, I learned how to cry and be emotional on stage um like not not so much like actually like shedding tears but just like sobbing and um <laughs> like, showing that i am not okay um and uh jasmine explored the possibility that mary magdalene's um demon possession may have been tied with mental illness mm -hmm. um we could we can speculate a little bit about like what it meant. Like I'm sure, like I'm sure, I'm sure she did have problems with actual demons. Um, we we know this from the Gospels. Um, Mary right. Magdalene, not a prostitute, by the way. No. <laughs> one, one pope's interpretation based on the mistake of like conflating her with a couple other different Marys and uh, women carrying spices. Um, she there, there's no evidence that she was. Uh, like engaged in prostitution or any kind of particular sin. But the Bible, the Gospels do tell us that she was possessed by seven demons and that Jesus cured her. Um, he drove the demons out of her. Oh. And so Alhambra is a passion play. So it covers the arc of uh, Good Friday and Holy Saturday, Easter Sunday, and there are flashbacks to the past and flash forwards to the future. Um, right. But uh, so we see um, kind of, it was the first time I really thought about Mary Magdalene as a person and someone with a past and with a real relationship to Jesus. Um, and it was nice to explore that and to also explore um, kind of what the role among the disciples might have been because hmm. she. It's possible that she may have been um, a bit wealthier than the others because I think she is counted as one of the women 
who supported Jesus financially. Um, but then she also has this stigma of demon possession and mental illness, like madness, basically. Um, and right. she's possibly having a relapse after Jesus dies. Um, yeah. So she's dealing with, she deals with a lot. Um, and then she's so distraught and she finds that his body is no longer in the tomb. Um, I had a wonderful time getting to act out the moment when Jesus appears to her and the moment when she realizes that it's him. That is just such a powerful and emotional moment, especially after seeing like what she's been through leading up to that. Yeah. Um, and I can't, I don't think I can describe it adequately. Um, it's just, it was a wonderful moment to like, like physically act out. And um, Max again was playing Jesus, God, um, and uh, he's been a wonderful uh, like scene partner to work with um, yeah. in those two shows. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I really hope that um, things get back to normal because I, I. 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 I didn't get. I didn't get to read it. And, uh, Amelia didn't want me to read it, but I, I mm -hmm. did hear a couple things, and I would be very interested in doing that. Um, one of the last things I really want to talk about is, and it, again, it's one of those things that if you don't want to talk about, we don't have to talk about. Um, you said obviously you're you you write for the pilot, you write you've written literary magazines, fan fiction. Um, are there any upcoming projects or anything that are in the works that you would like to talk about that you are currently writing that you know may be coming out, not soonish, but that you know kind of taking up your time right now? Honestly, what takes up my time usually on a regular basis is my fan fiction because I try to update those stories regularly. Um, it, it's kind of like a serialized novel like back in the mm. day, like you, you publish one chapter at a time. Mm. Um, and I try to do that. Like I try to, when I have an ongoing story, I try to update it once or twice a month and I have a mm. few simultaneous uh, stories in progress there. Um, so Star Wars is on my mind a lot. <laughs> I have one project that I've been thinking about trying to get out there in the next year is um, I started drafting and outlining a series of essays about the Christian themes of the Star Wars sequel trilogy. Um, because uh, in 2018, like after The Last Jedi had come out and I had been obsessing over it, um, I like, I realized, oh, there are all these really interesting like parallels to different saints and different Bible stories um, that like, I don't think anyone has noticed before. And my dad said, you could write a book about that. I was like, yeah, right. Um, everyone has already read or uh, written uh, about like the religious influences on, in Star Wars. But I realized no one had done so for the sequels, uh, episode seven, eight, and nine, yeah. uh, because they were they were so new and still coming out. So I started. I drafted. I started writing like several. Like I had different ideas, and I like wrote a few paragraphs for each one. There were two that I was able to complete, and I actually shared them online. One was published by Catholic Exchange, 
um, and I have the link to that on my website. Um, it's, uh, it's actually about uh, St. Monica and St. Augustine and how mm -hmm. they are similar to Leia and Ben Solo. Mm -hmm. um, so you can Google that. And mm -hmm. then I had another that I published on my Patreon about how Han Solo is a Christ figure um, and mm -hmm. how Ben is the problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, as Skywalker came out, that kind of put a damper on my enthusiasm for that project um, because it kind of fulfilled my some of my theories, but it kind of went against a lot of like the Christian understanding of like what sacrifice is, what martyrdom is about, and uh, just it had some really negative messages. Like I probably weren't intentional, but that's how they come across to me. But lately I've been thinking maybe I should give those essays another shot. So I'm thinking of maybe putting them on a blog or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that that would be really interesting to um to read definitely on my part because I love I love Star Wars and mm -hmm. um spoiler alert, the reason there is a reason why Jackie and I have not talked Star Wars yet, and that's because <laughs> we haven't gotten there yet. And we're saving it for a very specific point. And we're also I think I finally had uh, a cracked how I want to cover it too on the on the podcast. So that will be uh, in the upcoming, not in the more recent months, that will be after the new year and we get in more into that. Um, but so wrapping things up here, I really um, want to thank Jackie and part of what um, this show is, it's an extension or a continuation from the late great um, James Lipton who would sit down with artists with actors, directors, writers, and the, and the like, and interview them from um, birth to what they're doing right now. And that's part of what this series is. That's what I was asking Kathy Dard. That's what I was asking Jackie today. And it, every episode of his ended with a series of 10 questions. And these questions were invented by Bernard Pivot. And instead of and I kind of like them because it, it distills, um, you know, the last final words for our guest. And um, I, and I wanted to continue the series of kind of the Inside Actor Studio. That's why it's called Inside Sherwood Studios. So, um, um, Jackie, what is your favorite word? Serendipity. What is your least favorite word? The F-bomb. <laughs> <laughs> which is why I censor myself around Jackie. <laughs> I mean, like, I, <laughs> I, I, I honestly just don't like the sound of it. Yeah. It sounds yeah. <laughs> to, to a lot of people, it sounds, it's, it's um, a weak word just because of how there are so many other words you could use in place of it. Um, yeah, that's how I feel about squares in general. Yeah. Um, what inspires you? I'm going to give an answer that applies for most of my fan fiction. Um, stories about compelling characters who have dynamic arcs and interesting relationships. I like that. What turns your inspiration off? What hinders your inspiration? Mm, that's phrased differently than the question you gave me. So I know, I, know. I, re I rewrote them, but yeah. What hinders my 
inspiration. Uh, you know, we didn't mention this over the course of the interview. Um, I have ADD, attention deficit disorder. So ADD can sometimes be helpful as far as um, like having ideas, but it can also be a hindrance sometimes because it, um, can, it takes more energy for me to focus on game projects. Um, yeah, when you said like, what doesn't inspire you, I was going to say unnecessarily over the top action sequences. Which describes a lot of um, Rise of Skywalker. I'm just kidding. Yes, and, <laughs> it's, and also the um, prequel trilogy, like that's part yeah. of that. Yeah. Um, what sound or noise do you love? Broadly speaking, music. Mm. I had to name a particular type. Uh, I might say like stray ensemble. Um, I used to play and I like a lot of uh, like string music. Yeah, and I, I um, what sound or noise do you hate? People are probably going to hate me for saying this. Marlon Brando's voice in his. Um, I'm working with you. I'm working with you. <laughs> I'm going to take a bit of seeing and not open my mouth. <laughs> um, now, I do want to say right now, before I ask this next question, this is a um, mm -hmm. podcast that I am very open about the fact that adults can talk like adults. We don't have to censor ourselves. I sense myself around Jackie out of respect because I know I can be very vulgar and I tend to try not to be around still small people and around uh, uh, um, people I respect like Jackie, um, but Jackie, do you have a favorite curse word? As a matter of fact, I have two. Okay, go ahead. Both from fictional stories, um, so fictional universes. Um, Quiznack from Voltron Legendary Defender and Criff from the Star Wars books. Nice. Um, what profession other than yours would you like to attempt? Screenwriter or book editor? And what profession would you not like to attempt? Accounting or anything to do with math. <laughs> and, um, you know, we're both Catholic, but I'll read it how this is phrased. But I think we can kind of both agree that we both believe heaven does exist. But if heaven does exist, what would you like to hear God say to you um, when you arrive at the pearly gates? You showed people my love through your words and your actions. And that's, that's beautiful. And that's, that's how you show uh, God's love to me as, as a, a friend and colleague. Um, I'm very excited. I'm very happy to have, um, to have had Jackie on the show. Again, this, um, this is a new uh, segment and this is only the second one, but I'm very excited that I was able to have Jackie on and I was very happy to have, to do this interview. Um, and Jackie, as the very, very last question I will, I will probably ever ask you in this, in this format, um, where can people find you? So you can find me on my website, um, which is www.jacquelinetrault.com. And through that, you can find my social media links. I am on uh, Facebook and Twitter. I think I'm listed as Jackie Tatro in both mm -hmm. of those. Um, 
J-A-C-K-I-E. Um, and I'm on Patreon. I think in the new year, I'll try to be more active and <laughs> more regularly on Patreon. Um, and uh, you can find me on the pilot website. Um, that's thebostonpilot.com. And I'm very happy to uh, say out loud that I am actually a Patreon of um, Jackie. So I, I um, even though she she could be more active, um, I enjoy what she puts on, what she posts on there as well. So, and I'm very happy to uh, support her and have her show. Jackie, thank you so much for coming up on the show. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I wasn't sure whether to share this or not. Um, Go ahead. Uh, my fan fiction username, if people want to look that up, um, is Jackie Star Sister. Um, that's my nickname again, and then the word star and the word sister on fanfiction.net and archive of our own. Yeah, um, I, have, I have not actually read any of them, so I'm, I'm actually really excited to read some of them now. <laughs> so um, I, I will. <laughs> Ooh, um, well, see if you have the same takes as I do. I'm not sure. <laughs> You know, it's not a matter of if I have different takes than you do. It, that, that doesn't bother me. It's, it's um, nothing really bothers me. Um, if you're <laughs> writing to me, is, and we'll get into it when I get interviewed, um, um, writing to me is the sacred thing where you're, you're letting someone into your own mind. And I think you can, I think constructive criticism is how it's presented, but it's not taking away any of the ideas or any of the concepts that are illustrated in the writing, um, which is part of why sometimes constructive criticism and critics can be a little harsh when it comes to what they have to say. Um, so it's not a matter if I agree with you or disagree with you. I just, I enjoy your writing and I enjoy reading it. So that's oh, part of why. <laughs> um, but again, Jackie, thank you so much for being on the show. Jackie will be back, um, like I said, to talk about Star Wars, but to talk about other things, why not? Um, <laughs> but anyway, I want to thank you all for, for listening. Uh, go find Jackie. Um, listen to other episodes of um, Everything You Never Need to Know About Movie, Music, and Theater. Uh, check out the Movie Critics web series. Um, we just released episode five. There are five episodes now. The new episode's going to be released on every Friday. We're getting a great um, following, and I think we're looking at a possible season two. So if you want to get into it, it will be great to binge once it's all done, and I'm really excited and happy about it. We've got some great people doing it. Um, but other than that, Thank you all for listening. Thank you for finding us on the podcast. And I hope you all are staying safe. Wear your masks. Be smart. Um, uh, take care of each other. Take care of yourselves. And have a lovely night. Thank you very much. When you're looking to plan your next Disney World, Disneyland, or Disney Cruise Line vacation, we suggest you reach out to Danielle Elliott at Marvelous Mouse Travels. Danielle is a long, uh, lifelong Disney enthusiast, a former Walt Disney World cast member, and a graduate of the College of Disney Knowledge. When you book with her, your booking includes 100% free concierge-level services, uh, some of which include customizing the perfect Disney vacation package for your, you and your family and your budget, uh, booking those difficult-to-secure fast passes and dining reservations, uh, providing tips and tricks to get out the most of your vacation, and more. Uh, Danielle also monitors Disney promotions to help you save money for those uh, Disney trip veterans still be in control of all the details. Danielle will take care of all your needs, 
so you can have all the fun and truly say Akuna Matata throughout your time at Disney. Contact her for your free quote at danielle.elliot at marvelousmousetravels, one word, dot com, or by messenger, messen, messaging her on her Facebook page.